I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to you for tuning in. We've covered a little bit of ground so far. Talked about uh, that hero, Jack Wilson, down in Texas, who stopped the Texas uh, shooting in a church. He was uh, awarded the Medal of Courage by the governor. Uh, and, and I repeat that only because I am such an admirer of this type of, of heroism. Uh, someone who had prepared for a long time, and when the moment presented itself, was able to put his training and his uh, his level-headedness uh, into action, saving the lives of those around him. So I may repeat uh, the name Jack Wilson a number of times through the program today, recipient of the Texas Governor's Medal of Courage. Jack Wilson, remember that name. Uh, then <clears throat> spoke a little bit about red flag laws, and later on we're going to speak to Steve Handy uh, about what may be coming here in the state of Utah. I want to take the time now, though, uh, to talk to you about some of the predictions out in Washington. Uh, so I've got a New York Times article I'm looking at here, and I want to point something out. The you know different news stories use imagery to communicate their point. Uh, and this one is very dramatic. It is uh, Speaker Pelosi surrounded by reporters with Adam Schiff over her shoulder. These reporters looking very intently, holding up their uh, telephones and their microphones up to the mouth of the, the speaker, trying to get comment on the record. It's a very dramatic scene. And in fact, I recognize uh, the hallway uh, down which they're walking. Uh, the reason I bring that up, there is one reporter in particular uh, here in the front with a very earnest look on her face. Uh, she has a very smart suit on uh, with uh, a name badge hanging around her neck attached to a lanyard. She has her phone, uh, no doubt, recording the comments being made by Speaker Pelosi. But uh, but this individual, this young woman, uh, her name is Natalie Andrews. And you may remember that name. She, a long, long time ago, when I was here uh, years ago working for Doug Wright, she was the social media director here at KSL uh, News Radio. She is the one that taught us all about how important Facebook and Twitter was and uh, the importance of making sure that our message not only is broadcast over these airwaves, but also uh, on the social media platforms. A lot of the lessons she taught me then, uh, I still remember now. That's why I'm working on my uh, little Facebook page. Uh, they gave me a personality page. It's not like one of those uh, personal ones. I have one of those, but they gave me a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, a personality page. So I feel hoity-toity now. Uh, and I'll, I'll put that to good use. We're going to post some of the information we share on the program today up on that. I'd invite you to go check it out. Uh, anyway, sorry for the tangent. I'm just proud of someone I saw uh, photographed here in this uh, national news publication. She is a reporter out in Washington, D.C. now uh, doing all kinds of good work, and it's good to see her in action. So the reason we're talking about Speaker Pelosi is because she has made it known her intentions to transmit the articles of impeachment over to the Senate uh, tomorrow. 
on Wednesday. This will give way to only the third time in American history that a president has been put on trial in the Senate. It uh, It's shaping up to come almost a month after the House, under the leadership of Speaker Pelosi, uh, voted to impeach the president on those two articles, abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. So we'll see how things shake up. That gives way to a few other questions. As we know, Leader McConnell has made it known this morning that he has the the votes to get rules in place, but it is not likely that those rules will include uh, an option to dismiss uh, the the articles uh, and that uh, an actual trial will, in fact, begin. Now, what what needs to happen still before that trial starts? Uh, as I just said, the speaker needs to bring the articles over, but uh, she will do so with a team of impeachment managers. Those are the lawmakers, the representatives in Congress who will argue the case on the Senate floor. And back in 1999, <clears throat> excuse me, when President Clinton's trial was taking place. There were 13 managers, uh, and each one of them was responsible for a different portion of the that case against uh, President Clinton. Now, if Pelosi, who hasn't said how many managers she'll appoint, if she moves to formally name that team either today or tomorrow, the trial would begin this week, or it could, certainly. And we you wonder about who are the individuals who might find their way uh, into that cohort of individuals, the managers, the uh, quote-unquote lawyers who will try this case, uh, prosecute it. Uh, that's likely going to be Adam Schiff, if I'm guessing. He's the House Intelligence Chairman. Also, Jerry Nadler, House Judiciary Chairman. We've seen both of them uh, kind of front and center uh, along with Speaker Pelosi as these uh, impeachment proceedings have carried out or played out, rather. Uh, Jerry Nadler was asked if he would be one of those managers, and he uh, refused to answer. So to me, at least, uh, both his <clears throat> having been so involved in the process thus far, I anticipate seeing Jerry Nadler uh, alongside Adam Schiff uh, with a few others once we once we learn uh, what... Uh, what will be the makeup of the managers prosecuting this case. Now, on day one, those senators will take an oath. And if you notice, I did not use the word juror. I'll get back to that in a second. I will not refer to them as jurors. Mike Lee, a little while ago, set me straight on that one. It is his assertion and my belief now that senators in this case are not jurors. Their role is different than that of a juror in a criminal case, as you and I understand it. So on day one, the managers will make their way over to the Senate. They'll read out loud the text of the articles of impeachment. And on that same day, <clears throat> excuse me, Chief Justice John Roberts will show up. Now, uh, we have over the past few weeks become pretty much experts on impeachment. Uh, I, I imagine that our uh, maybe our parents or so in 1999 became experts then uh, when they were facing it. It's a, a rare event in history. And as I said earlier, this will be uh, only the third time in history that uh, a trial will take place in the Senate relating to the impeachment of a president. But on day one, uh, we will see the ushering in of Chief Justice John Roberts. Why? Well, because the vice president is the president of the Senate, and uh, it uh, is fair to understand that he would stand to gain uh, significantly if he were to push this in one way or the other. Now, that's not to suggest that Mike Pence would be an unfair leader of this, but in an effort to remove all doubt and 
make sure that everything is fair and that uh, someone standing to gain from the ousting of the president uh, not be in charge. It is the chief justice who presides over the trial. Um, let's see. There are various rules that will govern the the trial, and those will be uh, introduced by Leader McConnell. And th- there's really no way of knowing right now exactly what those rules might be. We can look back to 1999 when uh, the, the Senate tried President Clinton. Uh, some of those rules are, are very, very broad and we've seen uh, debated on television those regarding witnesses uh, or the ability to dismiss the trial or dismiss the articles outright. Uh, in addition to those, though, we will learn from these rules uh, as they're introduced by McConnell, the length of the arguments and when uh, various motions uh, to hear from witnesses would be allowed. As the as the trial commences, that question will yet to be answered. So, you know, this whole debate over witnesses, uh, you can rest assured that uh, it will not uh, be answered before the articles are sent over to uh, the Senate. Let's see. Um, there are also rules regarding when the Senate uh, can meet. Uh, not sure what those will look like, but when uh, the Clinton trial took place, the rules uh, which governed that trial called for the Senate to meet every day except Sunday. And if the, this tri- this trial looks, uh, if, if the trial looks similar, or the rules rather, we can expect uh, a few weeks of arguments, and uh, and that'll play out uh, the way, for the most part, the way a regular trial will. Now, I said earlier that I'd not consider these senators to be jurors. Uh, Mike Lee joined us uh, a while back and explained his position on that, and it is that their job is different and their position is different, that there are uh, political elements to that, and that must be accepted and understood. Uh, so that is not the case for jurors, and thusly it's inappropriate to refer to uh, these senators as they try this case as jurors. So that is your update on all things impeachment. Uh, so we're going to pause from that. We're going to take a break. And next up, we're going to look at what Jenny Taylor is up to out at the Pentagon today. She has received a great, great honor. I'll explain it next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.